Thanks for tuning into the Life in the Front Office podcast. I'm your host, Jay Kirschman. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And thanks to Suja Organic for their support. Remember, you can get 15% off any one-time pack on shop.sujajuice.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O. And enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Sujo Organic. Excited to have our guest in Jose Martinez with Confirm 360. Talk a little bit, a little bit about his journey into the sports uh, business world as well as uh, where he's at with Confirm 360 right now and the premium experience, the VIP experience, uh, and where the next uh, generation of fans are going. So nonetheless, Jose, welcome. Excited for the conversation. Hey, thanks, Jake, for having me. So give us a little bit of a GPS as to how you got into the sports business world. Uh, former, uh, both of us, former baseball athletes. So um, once once you took the cleats off, what did you, what'd you do and how'd you get into it? Yeah, I don't think I could talk about uh, my journey in the sports industry without talking about my journey before the sports industry. And even, you know, while, while being a student athlete, obviously, uh, playing baseball through college is is part of what led me to working within this industry and the passion I had for it and where it had taken me in life at that point. But um, through high school and college, I think I probably worked 15 different jobs um, that unrelated to the sports industry. And that was everything from, you know, s- serving food at TGI Fridays to directing youth sports camps. Um, you know, for Skyhawk Sports Academy and YMCA, uh, doing demolition construction on weekends uh, and uh, working, waitering in uh, the Shark Tank, the SAP Center in San Jose, where the Sharks played um, during games and getting some exposure uh, within the industry there. So there were there were a lot of jobs. Walmart Deli. <laughs> I could go on and on. It was. Uh, Hold on, I, we'll, we'll get to it. I'm going to ask you what your favorite one was, but not, not oh, yet. Man. I don't want to do. OK, it. great, great. Um, so so all of that, you know, that kind of gave me a picture of what working was, you know, as an adult and, and made me realize that when I got into true adulthood, I, I wanted to do something that, um, you know, there was passion behind and, and interest in. So. Uh, yeah, during college, um, I studied sports management um, after I was a junior college transfer uh, baseball athlete, went to a small university out in Iowa called William Penn University. Um, they happened to have one professor who had uh, some some professional sports industry experience that kind of put me on to the idea um, that there was a business within professional sports that I really just didn't understand and know. Um he obviously gave me the advice that sales was kind of the quickest path in and that he felt I had the qualities um, to, to kind of get into that world. And uh, yeah, my first job outside of college was uh, with San Jose Sabercats arena football team, uh, which uh, coincidentally enough, the AFL just announced yesterday they're back. So that was kind of exciting and nostalgic to see. Um, but yeah, I was doing sales, selling $90 season tickets, um, living at home post-college, um, trying to make my way into the industry. And then, you know, if, if, if you'd like, I could, I could go on in terms of the next paths from there, but that was the start of it. Post post-college athlete days. Well, I, I love the arena football, uh, start because I, $90 season ticket. Can you even get into most 
sporting events now for ninety dollars? I don't even know. Uh, I, I I don't know if I, I don't think I've been to an event that was a, a ninety dollar event in a long time. But I, I'm curious to see when uh, the AFL starts back up, what what price points they'll be at. And then obviously you've got you know some of these other football leagues like the XFL, the USFL going on. So I'm sure that there's there's still some affordable you know options out there. Certainly not within the major leagues. All I'm going to say is uh, I'm a, I've become a, a big pickleball player, big pickleball fan. And I haven't I haven't dove into that. I've obviously been you know keeping up with all the the, the prominent investors in it, but yeah. uh, it looks fun. Well, so my my club here uh, that I belong to is you know they're hosting an event, and I mean for like a grounds pass to just go watch some of the matches let alone watch some of the matches in which your friends are playing in, uh, which you could watch on a daily basis. Otherwise, <laughs> it's like you're like 40, 50, 60 dollars a day. I mean, it's like, holy cow. Like, so I think uh, just the the concept of what you're paying to get into <laughs> events nowadays, right? Like the experience has to be special uh, and the experience has to be something that, you know, you'll walk away going, wow, that that was worth it. Right. And uh, that's a challenge for everybody and anybody in the sports industry, whether you're, uh, you know, pickleball event that's traveling wherever or you're, you know, arena football league or you're the NFL. Right. And I think um, regardless, it's it's people choosing where they're putting their money and their time uh, and whether it's, you know, worth the experience and whether they'll come back. So, um, you know, as you kind of went into the sales world, uh, can you talk a little bit about. Oregon, kind of where you got your start there, um, the premium side, and and also just like how premium has evolved as you've gone through the business. Yeah, certainly. Uh, on the first point to kind of continue my path, uh, you know, I was, like I said, arena football with the San Jose Sabercats. Um, that was my first true sales job. You know, I realized that some of my previous early part-time jobs, things within sales kind of transferred over, but that was when I first understood where, you know, we were going literally business to business, door to door in office parks, trying to talk to folks. Um, it was very old school sales mentality, um, uh, calling, you know, Excel spreadsheets and the yellow pages. Uh, at the time, you know, what I was doing mostly was trying to learn about the the true professional, like major league industry, the people that were working at the differences, um, and so I was, I even interned on the weekends uh, for San Jose State football, just doing like ticket ops, um, just to get more exposure and make more contacts. And that actually translated to working at the University of Oregon athletic department after about a year and a half with the Sabercats, because the GM at uh, San Jose State on their ticketing side took a role in, in Oregon, said, hey, you want to come out to Eugene and make less money than you're currently making, which is not enough to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I said, was that was that rash? Was that a rational thought? Uh, it, I have I have no regret in it because it eventually <laughs> got me to where I was hoping to go. Which uh, at that time, my mind was set on working for one of the, you know, uh, big four leagues in the Bay Area, which is where I was from. Um, so I did go up to Eugene. Um, the intention was to sell mainly mainly uh, basketball, volleyball and baseball um, because their football program was so prominent and didn't really need help but luckily uh, we did end up selling football and that was during like Mariota's year so it was a big time to be in Eugene um, a lot of fun kind of a second college experience for me since I went to a small university out in Iowa yeah. um, 
learned a lot there, continued to make contacts. Um, and, and finally, uh, there was an opportunity right before Levi Stadium opened, about five months before Levi Stadium opened with the San Francisco 49ers, where they were building out a stadium sales team that was selling um, tours to private groups and businesses. And, um, and, and so I said, all right, there, there's my opportunity to get back home, go work on at the time, you know, what was the most premium and amazing and successful, you know, sold out project and, uh, and, and was able to, you know, earn that opportunity, went out there. And then I spent about five years um, with the Niners continuing each year to be promoted into selling higher level inventory, um, you know, leading, uh, leading a sales team in kind of a hybrid, hybrid type of role. Um, so that was, that was a lot of fun. And that was really, you know, I think of it as my first kind of, you know, big break to get into, uh, uh, what was a very coveted, you know, place to be at the time. And that's where I really learned about, I think the business of sports and, uh, and then from there, uh, that led me to go lead what was now the biggest, um, you know, opportunity within the country at SoFi Stadium with legends um, to exclusively sell long-term multi-million dollar suite lease contracts um, with them. And I was part of that project for about four years, uh, starting a few years prior to the, the stadium opening opening and, and getting, you know, contracted uh, um you know, sweet lease deals done uh, leading up to the stadium. And that was super exciting. One of, the, one of the interesting things is being able to not only sell an existing product, but sell something that doesn't exist yet, right? And trying to paint a picture for somebody of what your experience is going to be like. And we'll get to that in a second, because that's kind of similar to what you're doing now, right? Where you're trying to paint the picture of what an experience will be like for somebody because they haven't experienced it yet. And uh, there isn't always a physical uh, space to go tour to your to your point earlier. Um, so talk a little bit about the art of of that itself compared to, hey, let me walk you around this suite and you know here yeah. here are all the different features and you know yada yada yada. Uh, you know, and then and then you're as you're walking out, it's like how'd that look, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I look at everything as like there's no good, there's no good situations, bad situations. There's pros and cons to every single one. And legends, you know, when I was working for them, they've really mastered the art of, of selling something before it exists. Um, they really thought through both the art and the science and the psychology of, you know, what people are, are looking for. And, um, you know, they, they built out preview centers for, all of the venues that they've sold, you know, new, uh, new inventory for whether that was Dallas, you know, Las Vegas, San Francisco, um, Los Angeles, Atlanta. Um, the pro of the product not existing is the excitement and of, of it, right. It, it's the not knowing, and it's the wanting to be the first in, um, and wanting to have the first access. And I'll tell you those folks that were made, made that early commitment, they got the best inventory in that venue. Um, and uh, so I think the preview center that we had, the models, the renderings, the technology that we use to really um, show the, you know, the renderings and what the experience would be like, you, you had to be really good at storytelling and painting the picture of, of what it was to become. Um, and so I think that's, you know, that's really important. Um, 
as you're having all those different conversations with these types of clients, like what's the, what's the next thing that they've been looking for, right. In terms of the experience and yeah. the questions that they're asking. Convenience. I think a lot of people nowadays, they associate premium or, you know, high, high priced experiences with convenience. And that's challenging for stadium operators and venue operators and all that to provide. But I think people are very, uh, they value their time a lot. Um, they, you know, for the most part, you know, they know what a suite is. They know what a front row ticket is. They know what a all-inclusive club is. Um, but everyone just wants to know, you know, where do I park? Do I have, they, they want a personal lane right into the 50 yard line. <laughs> and, uh, and they, so it's really a matter of thinking about how do we get them curb to curb and then give them the most comforting game day experience. So I think a lot of people are really evaluating, evaluating that um, and how they spend their time, so especially you, out in, especially in Los Angeles, you know, where there's just so much to do that. And, and especially with the, you know, the folks that I was selling to, which was pr primarily affluent clientele, um, they've got a lot of options. So, you know, why are they going to, why are they going to spend their, their hard earned time with you? No doubt. I mean, when you come up with that teleporting business, let me know. I'll get I'll get in <laughs> on that with you and <laughs> it'll be worth a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like I we we need to figure out how to get private escorted pe escorts to escort people from their cars through a fast lane, you know, all the way into their seat, like personally, every time like that. That's that's where we're going. That's what the the, the top experience is going to be in the future. And there's scarcity to that, right? I mean, like there's only so many people, like when you think about the premium service side, right? There's only so many people that can be there to help and to service. And, uh, you know, there's also capacity too. You can't have one person for every group, right? So yeah. when you think about, to your point, the, the premium experience of convenience and, and also probably the other word being access, right? Yeah. Um, when you think about those two combined, like how does that change how you develop the product in terms of uh, what you're going out to market with so that you can separate yourself? Yeah, I mean, look, let's be realistic. Uh, there's different price categories to experiences and you've got to think about your entire fan base and not, uh, you know, overlook um, certain certain demographics and price points. So you just got to look at all the different experiences, right? They're, the convenience of paying less money, that's a convenience in itself. For, so for those that, you know, are not going to be able to afford the highest level of experience, um, you want to provide those options as well. And from, a, from an access standpoint, you know, the players is the obvious one, right? Yeah. But um, what, what other kind of access are fans that are again paying that premium dollar looking for as far as the experience in, in which you know it's not just the product on the field yeah i think um i think the industry's gotten a lot better with with being creative about access um the venues are so exciting in a lot of markets nowadays that you can utilize them seven days a week um so you know having events with uh legends of of the teams and alumni um access to the higher level executives, um, you know, networking events, dinner parties, those types of things, uh, 
doing stuff outside of game day is one way to add to it. And I think it, it, it has people buy in, especially on the pro level, you know, to feel a little bit more of that, like college style level of access, you know, like an, like a donor, um, where you feel like you're more than just spending on going to event to an event. Um, and then, you know, game days, it's, it's, it's tough because player access is challenging, but there's been clubs that have been built where the players are walking through the tunnel to, to get to the, to the, um, to the games and the, and the, and the fans that are in that best premium space are obviously having access to, uh, to, to walk them onto the, you know, the field per se. Um, so, and even like Intuit Dome, which is, you know, Steve Ballmer's opening here in Los Angeles, uh, with the Clippers, you know, I know that they've got some really, uh, unique, uh, they're probably most expensive inventory is, uh, these kind of bunker style suites that are behind the basket, uh, that have like a clear glass to the player tunnel that the Clippers will be coming out of. And so, it's it's really just getting creative with the real estate within the venue and and what you what you can provide and trying to create additional experiences and additional access and being willing to open up you know new opportunities within the game day or like what we're doing with confirm 360 um, and the warriors um, by creating the mvp experience um you know and, and creating a post game experience where uh, our guests get to actually go down on the court and, and, and take their hand at, you know, being one of the splash brothers and shooting on the court. Um, so it's really just th thinking outside of the box, looking at the venue, um, working with the teams to figure out what can we do to create something different and new and exciting and, um, tap into those emotions of the people that are spending their hard earned money with you. Uh, as we wrap up the episode, you know, what's one thing that you've learned from, your experiences thus far that if you're in the industry on the premium side and you're in, you know, again, you've been doing it for a couple of years or you're new into it. Like what's the one thing that you challenge people to think differently on uh, as you've gone through your journey thus far? I would say the team side is not the only side and it's scary to leave it, especially if you've earned your way into it and, and that's your, your ultimate goal but this industry is growing significantly. Um, and there's a lot of other companies that are involved within the sports space, whether they're brands that are advertising within sports or they're uh, providing tech or services within the sports industry. And it was, you know, it was one thing that as my sales, I had felt like there wasn't a better product left to sell on the team side once I was done with the SoFi Stadium project. And so there was, there was concern in, in what to do next. Um, and I took what could have been perceived as a risk um, in going to this, this, this company that wasn't super well known, but it's really expanded what um, I've had the access to do and what I've been able to learn that I didn't learn in my first 10 years working within the industry uh, solely selling. So I would say, you know, don't be afraid to take the risk. I think back in the day, it was perceived that <clears throat> the second you leave the sports industry, you're done. <laughs> you're done. You're not coming. Back. No one's going to let you back in. I don't think that's the case anymore. If you need to go take a risk and, and do something else and see, you know, you're either going to come back more excited and grateful for being in the industry, or you're going to find something that, you know, works for you now. And, and if you ever go back to that team or property that you have those relationships at, you hopefully have gained some different 
values perspectives that you can bring back to the organization, right? To uh, that you wouldn't have had otherwise had you had you stayed there, right? And so I think a valued point there for sure. And um, I'm sure as you've met more and more colleagues that have probably done something similar to yourself, um, you, you probably find that that similar shared experience, right? Yeah. And I've seen it both ways. I've seen a lot of people that leave and they're like, man, the grass isn't greener <laughs> and they want back. And I've seen others that leave or they kind of stay still. And I still consider myself in the sports industry, even though I'm not on the team side. Um, you know, so it's been positive for me. Amazing. Um, rapid fire. Are you ready? I uh, Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so I might have to put some thought into these answers. I'm not a quick answer. Well, it's been known that I'm not the the uh, shortest question asker, so we'll, we'll we'll make a good team here. But all right, good. Um, you know, you're from the Bay Area. Uh, you've got to have a favorite team out there. I guess I got to say Warriors right now. No, you know what? It's actually really tough. Um, I worked for the Niners. It was probably the Niners growing up. Um, the Warriors were were not um, that great, but I was a big fan of them even through their challenging years. But it's got to be. It's a tie. It's a tie. Niners Warriors. Sorry. I'm breaking I, thought, rules. I thought you were going to say the Sabercats. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> that's where I thought you were going. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if they come back. Yeah. Favorite stadium you haven't been to that you want to go to? Lambeau. Ooh, the old, the old, uh, old history there. Not, not the new shiny toy. Got to, got to do it. Yeah. Haven't been. Got to do it. What's the what's the best stadium you've been to that's you know been recently built and maybe your answer is SoFi and it's it, it's, it's SoFi it's 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 not it's not even close it's it's such an amazing venue not uh, not no no bias and I've and I've been to Allegiant which is great and a lot of the other newer venues as well and Chase Center is amazing. It's a good one. Uh, last one for you. Uh, being an LA native now, um, which which. Uh, which car are you going with to uh, get somewhere uh, in no period of time? I'm a Jeep guy now. Grand Cherokee or the or, or the uh, or the Wrangler. It's okay. a perfect it's a perfect Southern California car. There you go, top down. Top down, definitely doors off. <laughs> I recently sold my Wrangler, so I'm missing it. But I'm I'm gonna get it. I'm getting I sold it to get a Grand Cherokee. It's a little bit more logical, but the the Wrangler days were fun. Top, All right, last top one off, for you. Doors off. Last one for you. Uh, former college baseball player. If you could have played a different sport in college, what would you have played? Bas basketball, hundred percent. That was my first passion. All right, were you were you a three point guy in the paint? What jump shot? Well, I was I was a I was a six four center on my public school high school team. <laughs> um, good height, but not translatable to. Uh, I should have played guard, and and then maybe I would have had a chance to play beyond. Yeah. beyond high school well hey well i'm sure i'm sure you'll you'll be seen out on those uh on, on the courts in the in the pickup leagues out there uh, i would imagine so get used to in. be the knees and the ankles don't do it anymore <laughs> jose i really appreciate the time insights perspectives uh your time on the life in the front office podcast presented by pseudo organic we'll definitely have you on in the near future to uh share more about uh your stories here as uh more to come with uh Confirm 360. Thanks, Jake. Good times.
Thanks for listening to the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Suja Organic. Remember, you can get 15% off any one-time pack on shop.sujajuice.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O. And remember, if you like this episode or you like the Life in the Front Office podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Really appreciate you tuning in and stay tuned for the next one.